Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Let's begin. Hey, gents. Welcome to another episode of Apex Masculinity, a high-performance men's coaching outfit designed to help you show up strong in every area of life. Raising the bar in fatherhood, marriage, finance, business, health, and all things manly. Gentlemen, let's begin. All right, guys, my guest with me today is Dorian Serban. He is an entrepreneur, internet marketer, and consultant that has spent the last 10 years in the trenches selling and creating winning marketing campaigns. Dorian, so glad to have you, man. How are you doing today? Dude, fantastic, bro. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, in keeping with the vein of the show, man, why don't you just uh, kind of walk us through like uh, your past, like our, you know, warm up chat we had yesterday about, you know, your family coming over from overseas and everything and what all that looked like. And then we'll kind of get into a trajectory of uh, what you're doing today. Totally. So, um, yeah, like I said yesterday, my folks were immigrants. They came over here, they escaped communism from Romania and, uh, literally came over here with their, with the shirts on their back. So nothing else. And, uh, they were struggling when I was a little kid. So I grew up in that whole hustle struggle culture, which, which I take as a blessing, you know, didn't really have much growing up. Fortunately, while I was growing up, they started, you know, creating their success and, and making their fortune and stuff. So everything's totally flipped around from them for, for them. They're living the American dream now, but that really instilled the grind. Like I was the dude that got in trouble in middle school for selling dance tickets. I would buy them and pay the younger kids to like buy them for 25 cents. And I would flip them when they sold out for $2 until, until unfortunately I sold one to my student, one of my teacher's uh, sons. I didn't know that that was her son. And she told, he told her and I got in trouble and kind of had to stop that. But, uh, Hey dude, always, I got expelled for that once, dude. You got expelled for that. Yeah, you did the same I, thing. I promise I'm not going to interrupt you like as we go, but no, no. because you said that, dude, like my teacher in third grade had these stuffed animals that she kept in a box and there were six of them. Right. And you got back from recess and you were first in line. The first six kids got to go in and get one of these little stuffed animals and set it on their desks for the rest of class. Well, I'd run in there and grab two or three of them and then I'd sell them <laughs> for 25 cents so that I could buy cartons of milk after school and put the milk cartons under the short bus to watch the milk cartons explode when the bus would run over and take off. Dude. And I got expelled for that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, man. <laughs> she, she called me into her, uh, into the off, into her, whatever uh, class one day. And she's like, you just sold my son a, a dance ticket for $2 when it costs 25 cents. <laughs> 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 whatever. It's uh, uh I've just been on that entrepreneur journey and I'm never, um, never really fit in into school. Um, I love learning. I love reading. I, I believe in self-education, but I never really fit into the whole school thing. So um, entrepreneurship has always been my thing. It's always been my jam. Started my first business when I was 22 and been at it ever since. Awesome. Cool, man. No, that's a good story about your, and you said they came over from Romania, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it just, for me, man, that just kind of proves, you know, for all the people that get in a funk and say, there's no opportunity and the deck is stacked against them. And, you know, this is my past and, you know, my parents did this to me, or, you know, we grew up poor or, you know, my skin is this color or whatever. It just proves man that the American dream is still alive. If you got what it takes within you 
to get out there and hustle and believe and, you know, be willing to fail a few times and learn and just, you know, recover fast and, and build something, you know, I like that. Dude, 100%. I really, I think the only limitations that we have are the ones that we put on ourselves, man. It's just, it's, there's nothing that you can't do if you decide to just freaking do it. Um, It doesn't matter what your background is. So yeah so i mean i don't know if you want to get into it or not and you can just skirt right left if you don't want to touch on it but we had also talked about this like uh kind of year of self-discovery and like uh kind of figuring out like you know where you were at and where you wanted to go after um some you know some, no, some dude. stuff you went totally, through yeah totally bro that uh that's that's actually one of the greatest experiences of my life i went through i was in a 10-year relationship and you know i love the chick she's a great chick obviously one of the things that i that i learned is a relationship's over a long time before it actually ends you know you start drifting apart and we were doing that we were drifting apart and um i'm totally to blame for for the reason she broke up with me but i wasn't expecting it she broke up with me over a phone call after 10 years and i went into this like really deep state of depression for like two weeks i didn't want to get out of bed didn't want to go into the office thank god my my business ran on autopilot because otherwise i would have just like just totally crashed but i went through a stage where i spent the last year and a half just going through mindset going through anything that you can think of read like over 150 books got hypnotized meditation like breathwork meditation anything you can literally think of, I did it. And it's been one of the greatest journeys I've been on. Um, the whole mindset thing, I realized we always think as entrepreneurs that like, hey, you have to have a right, the right mindset and, and this and that. But when you like go deep and really figure out who you are and figure out that relationship with yourself, I think it's a total freaking game changer, man. I think most people don't, don't have that that depth in their mindset. We all, I thought I did, but then when that hit and I really dug deep into myself, I spent like six months where I didn't go on dates, didn't hang out with anybody, just like worked on myself day in, day out, read, worked, um, focused on myself. And it was, it was one of the greatest gifts I've ever gotten. You know, I took the most traumatic experience of my life and turned it into like the greatest gift possible. So I'm going to know that that, that's amazing, bro, because that's kind of what we try to hit on on the show is like leveraging the tragedy for the triumph. And uh, I've had, I've had a bunch of guests come on to talk about, you know, going through like a sexual assault and how they recovered and built an amazing life or, you know, um, a, a severe sickness or something that they went through or going to prison and different things like that. And I just, uh, I want guys to know that it doesn't matter kind of what you go through, man, if you're willing to do the work and go inward and be honest with yourself. And I like, that's what you said, that it was your fault that the relationship didn't work out. You know I mean? That, that self-honesty of like, okay, here's what I need to look at. And when a man's willing to do that, man, he can bounce back and bounce back further than he ever, than he ever was, you know? Um, but that's the thing, the self-ownership. I think mm-hmm. any, anything that happens to you, Grant Cardone's got a, a quote, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's, hey, whether whatever happens in my life, whether it's good or bad, positive or negative, it's my fault. 100% self-ownership. No matter what it is, it's like, just take responsibility. And that way, once you do that, there's no excuses. There's nothing you can do except for like, let me solve it and just move forward, you know, right. instead of sitting and trying to make excuses for shit. 
Right, Sorry, right. I, didn't, I don't know if you can cuss on your podcast. Oh, no, yeah, you're fine, man. Yeah, just whatever, <laughs> whatever works. Um, my, my kind of self-discovery journey happened back in 2016. And I won't go too far into it because the audience has heard it a couple of times that I've spoken with different guests. But my wife and I were living in an RV in uh, South Texas, just like 30 minutes southeast of San Antonio. And I was driving truck. That's what I do. I'm a, I'm a truck driver, um, making like 15 bucks an hour. We were barely making it, bro. And like all of this weight and pressure was coming on me, bro, because the last couple of years, bro, had been like one bad decision after another, like one self-sabotaging decision after another, you know, like I would get set up or get an opportunity. I'd take it and run with it for a little bit. And then as soon as I started seeing some limited success in my life, it was like I pulled a pin on a hand grenade and throw it into my own lap. And I couldn't figure out why I kept doing that, man. So as they say, when the student's ready, the teacher arrives. And because I'm a truck driver, I'm able to listen to podcasts and, you know, YouTube videos, TED Talk videos, whatever, you know. And I started going on a learning thing, you know, and um, started learning about the neural pathways of the brain and how when you grow up in a kind of an abusive home where there's a lot of physical abuse, verbal abuse, negative, negative talking down and making you feel like you're worthless, you develop this worldview and this self view that tells you you don't deserve to be successful, and you will never amount to anything. So the minute you start hitting the ceiling of like on success, like your internal mechanisms in your brain are like, hey, we don't deserve this. This doesn't agree with how we see ourselves. So we'll do something catastrophic or destructive to bring ourselves back down to this level of lifestyle that we believe we deserve to have. And uh, man, it opened up a whole new world for me. Man, personal growth and development has been an amazing journey for myself, but- um, A never ending journey. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let, let's get into, you post this uh, content like uh, on social media and stuff like that. And I was really enjoying going through your stuff and checking it out. There's not enough of it out there, man. Like men are like being forgotten with all this stuff, but let's talk about mindset, man. If a person is coming to a place where they've had a wake up call and they realize like they want to change their life, they're ready to make some hard choices. They're ready to go inward, self-discovery, figure out what's broken, get it fixed. They want to develop a winning mindset. How does a person do that? Is there like a strategy for that? The way I did it was literally just figuring out, sto um, I'm going to go, this is thousands of years old. It's stoicism. It's literally what can you control and what can you not control? Once I realized that it, I take everything back to that just basic root, if there's anything I can do about it, what can I do to improve on something? If, if I'm in a shitty situation, yeah. there's nothing I could do about it. Then I just don't give a fuck because I spent, I'm one of those people that overthinks everything and I'll sit and I'll worry and I'll overanalyze and have like anxiety. And then it takes a lot. It took a long time for me, but I got to the point where I just realized that like, Hey, if there's something I could do about this, let me do whatever it is in my power to, to get to where I want to get and make the best out of this opportunity situation, whatever it is. But if there's nothing I could do about something and I have no control over it, just let it go and just keep moving forward. But the mindset thing is just literally becoming at peace with yourself. I think that's, that's the toughest part. That was the toughest part really for me is just like, Hey, become at peace with yourself, figure out what your goals are and just keep moving forward. We're going to fuck up. You're going to make mistakes. Mistakes are just opportunities to learn. They're not like 
detrimental in any way. Like whatever you do, you can always recover from it and just keep moving forward and make the best out of every situation. That's my biggest thing on mindset. I think um, that's the toughest thing for guys for being at peace with yourself as it relates to remembering all of the terrible things that we've quote done in our past. You know what I mean? Things in the sexual arena, things maybe in the criminal arena, you know, people we've wounded, people that have wounded us or whatever. And if we're not careful, man, those thoughts can come back like a cloud. You know what I mean? And trying to be at peace with the fact that, you know, it's uh, like one of the soldiers coming back from war and they know what they did over there, bro. You know, and it was kind of things they were asked to do were kind of dirty or whatever, you know, and they're, and it messes with their head. But uh, one of those, there's a Tony Robbins thing. He, he interviewed this gentleman. Um, there was this POW in, in, during the Vietnam War. And he was a, I think, a commander or, or, or something, a high level officer. And he, they were flying this operation um, in Vietnam and they got shot down. And there was like four of them that survived. And he was one, there was another, another one, and then two others. So they spent 10 years in, in like total isolation prisoners of war, like just horrible conditions. Uh, two of them died and one other gentleman survived, but he was like just certifiably nuts. Like the second they, the war was over, he's like spent the rest of his life in a mental institution. And then the one guy that, that came out of it, Tony Robbins interviewed him and, uh, and he goes, Hey, what was your secret? Like, what did you do for 10 years? Like eating rice, barely su surviving, like in a, in a, you could barely stand up in your cell and you had nothing for 10 years. What kept you going? And he went through and he said, the only thing I did was relive every single day of my life up until that point and just go through and try to learn from that experience and try to learn from the, from the past and mm -hmm. just know that no matter what, I'm going to keep moving forward and make the best out of every situation moving forward. So yeah. the past we've all made mistakes. I've made horrible mistakes. We've all fucked up in our lives. I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where you just got to forgive yourself and, and, and just have that relationship with yourself where, you know, like, Hey, I'm not a bad person. I made a bad decision or I made a bad mistake and just forgive yourself. And that comes with the whole pe being peaceful, being, having that inner peace, which is uh Dude, it took me it took me 30 years to get to the point where I had, you know, inner peace. And it's uh it's a it's a struggle, but once you do achieve that, I think it's the most powerful thing any man can do, any person, but especially for dudes, you know, mm -hmm. we've got so much stress, we're looked at in a different way where like you have to provide, you have to provide for your family, for your kids, for for everybody around you. And I've got this, it's not my quote, but but I've internalized it. It's a man has to be selfish in order to be selfless. So a lot of dudes get lost in just being these a provider 24-7. They lose themselves in, in taking care of everybody, but they don't have their own inner identity. And I think that's one of the biggest things. They don't, oh. even if it's 30 minutes for yourself every day, take some freaking self-work, take some, some self-time, do something for yourself because you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. Dude, I love that, bro. Because as you're saying that, like both of the things that I pulled out of that was uh, make peace with yourself because the baggage, if you don't make peace and the baggage lingers, it's going to affect your ability to be successful. Like it's going to have weights on your shoulders. And the next thing that you said, bro, was like, uh, and I feel like I'm totally in this place right now was 
um, self-work or like self-care time for self, because if you don't all see, I work a crazy, a, a crazy old, old field schedule where like last week it was 83 hours, great money. I just bought a quarter of a million dollar home. My kids go to private school. Like there's so many blessings that come from that work, but I feel like I lose myself in being a provider that I have no time for like myself and the things that I want to do. You know what I mean? And it's not completely that way. I mean, I just published a book and I do this podcast and I have things, you know, I just got back into the gym like three months ago, but like, uh, I totally get it, bro, because I feel trapped and I begin to feel like a slave. Totally. And that starts messing with my head hardcore. You know what I mean? So I like that, bro. Like to have time for self. It's good, man. So let's get into, uh, cause you just said a minute ago that, you know, we all fuck up, we all make mistakes and whatnot. What would you say to somebody that's like, um, maybe recently had some epic blowouts or failures in character, so to speak. And they're trying to come out of that. Like how do they get themselves to the place where they like make that piece or they begin to believe that even though they've screwed up and made these bad decisions, they still deserve to have a successful, amazing life and be at peace with themselves. Your past doesn't determine your future, man. It's just that simple. Your yeah. past is not your future. It's just take responsibility, own it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way you can, er- I mean, erase things. You can just erase them from your memory and say, Hey, listen, I learned from it. I'm never going to do this again. Let's just keep moving forward because that's the biggest thing I think people do. They, they live in the past, whether it's, you know, relationships or experiences or, or past trauma. I'm not saying bad stuff doesn't happen to people, but if you constantly living in in the past of just like, Oh, this happened to me and woe was me. It's just, you don't, you don't give yourself the opportunity to really evolve into the person you need to become. So don't let your past determine your future. Just, whatever it happened, learn from it, make that personal thing to yourself, that personal um, guarantee to yourself that you're never going to do that again, but just do whatever, do whatever you want to be, do become whoever you want to become, because we're constantly improving. Like I'm changing the person I was six months ago, isn't the person that I am now, the person that I'm going to be in six months, isn't the person that I am today. So we're evolving. Who cares? There's when you, when you really think about it, we're on the planet and this planet's been around, I don't know, for millions, thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. I have no idea, but there's been so many generations of us, right? There's been your grandparents, great grandparents, great, great grandparents. You, you don't know who they are. I don't know who my great, great, great grandparents are. We're, we're removed and like, you know, a generation we're removed and nobody's going to remember who you are. Nobody's going to remember what you did. Everything that you do today that you think is going to be that, you know, every, every worst situation you've ever been in, you've kind of lived through it and you've gotten out of it and you really, it doesn't affect you anymore. So when you, when you have that attitude of like, Hey, I know I'm going to get through this. I know that no matter what, I'm going to keep moving forward. You realize that this shit's not going to matter in five years from now, no matter what you did. So let me just focus on now because the past is the past. Let's just focus on the future and live in the present. That's good, man. That's good. What I noticed in my own journey is that uh, when I finally had the wake up call and realized I needed, I needed to go deep and kind of get my head fixed and whatnot, I realized that I had been putting on a facade of, I mean, I'm all inked up. I've been to prison twice, you know, and I think 
we get to a place where we're like hurting inside, we're struggling in our self-esteem, self-worth, self-image, self-identity, addictions to drugs and alcohol. And I'm speaking kind of to, you know, the dominant arena of my audience here. I, I don't know if you ever mess with any of that stuff or whatever, but we get to a place where we have no self-confidence, self-identity, self-esteem, self-worth, self-image. So we put this facade on to make us look tough, to kind of put a barrier between us and other people so they can't see internally what's taking place, you know. Um, but when it's time to begin to build real, lasting, true self-confidence, is there a strategy to do that? Just do. Like just literally do. just do whatever it is. Just freaking do more of it. If you're, if you're scared to pick up the phone and make sales, pick up the phone and just make a shit ton of freaking phone calls and make sales. If you're scared, if you're lonely and you're scared to go talk to chicks, go talk to thousands of chicks. When I was 18, I, uh, I was shy. I like, I literally hated approaching women. Um, I grew up in Southern California and I was a surfer dude, had long hair, drove a 71 Volkswagen bus and surfed every day. I literally for an entire summer approached over a thousand chicks every single day, not, not a thousand every day, but over the pan, a span of a summer, I approached chicks every single day, talked to them, even if it was just saying, Hey, because I had to get over that self self-confidence issue that I had with myself. Right. When I got into sales, literally I started door knocking when I started my first company at 22 door knocking to try to get business. And I got my first clients door knocking, walking into businesses cold. So whatever it is that you feel like, whatever the, the thing that you feel like is, is giving you the hesitation, just go freaking do it and double down on it because it's all, it's all mental. It's all just mental bullshit that we put right. on ourselves at the end of the day. Right, right. Okay. So the way to build confidence is just to keep pressing through that fear barrier, that fear of like rejection, maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then uh, you just develop the habit of it. What about discipline, bro? For a guy that maybe, you know, wasn't raised in a good environment where, you know, he had a good example in the home and he's trying to build self-discipline. He's really impulsive with the way he eats when, you know, when he's depressed, he'll go and drink when he's hungry, he'll go and eat whatever, you know, when he, uh, wakes up with morning wood, he's just right to Pornhub, you know, like there's no, there, it's just pure impulsivity and no discipline. And they're, and they're, and they're realizing this and they're like, okay, I need to develop some self-restraint and self-discipline. Is there a strategy for that? I think, I think that is really personal where, where everybody fig, figures out what works for them. What I found was I try not to to do too much. I have like my core beliefs that I believe in and, and what I, what I, what I want to accomplish. I think that when you try to, uh, to like have a huge complicated morning routine that has 57 things, you get overwhelmed, you do it for three days and then you just end up not doing anything. So right. I believe in like, Hey, get up, take a shower, brush my teeth, drink some coffee, sit down and get some work done. Like just basic. I try to keep everything basic so that I actually do it. So for me, discipline is just doing the basics that I need to do. Get up, get to work, do my shit, go for a walk, lift some heavy shit at some point during the day, try to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the discipline, I, I feel like the, the less you put on yourself, the less you, you make yourself overwhelmed, the better you'll be. Okay. I think a lot of people end up trying to, to put this list of discipline like 
you know, 50 things that you have to do every day, you do it for two days and then you just end up hating yourself and saying, right. <laughs> yeah, you feel like a failure and then you just want right. to give up. Yeah, no, I, I just finished this life coaching program. Uh, I've been wanting to do it for years for like two, two and a half years, bro. I've been wanting to like hire a life coach and do this life coaching thing, but all the prices when I'd look them up were just not way beyond what I could afford, but way beyond what I wanted to spend for something like that. You know what I mean? But I put a blast on this Facebook page on this like personal growth and development Facebook page that I was looking for podcast guests. And this guy hit me up and we started talking and he was on the show and, you know, told me about, uh, he's part of the ULA team, uh, uses their curriculum and stuff. And I got to looking at the pricing module models and I was like, wow, this is affordable. You know what? I'm just going to press through and do this. And it was so awesome, bro. In the last 12 weeks, I was able to sell uh, my pickup truck, which was this gaudy lifted GMC Sierra that I thought I wanted. It was my big boy truck. You know what I mean? But it was like a $580 a month payment. And I'm like, you know what? I, you know, I'd rather have the money. I got some other ambitions I want to do. I was able to sell that and get out of the 19,000 that I owed on it. I was able to like savage work at, at my job and scare up the 13,500 that it took to pay my wife's truck off. And I got serious about getting back in the gym. It's been about three months, dude. And uh, I was ripped when I got out of prison, bro. But that was back in uh, 04. Okay. And you get married, you have kids, you're working crazy hours, you know, you're eating a truck driver diet, you know, you're getting, you know, pouchy in the front. But like, dude, I'm getting ripped, bro. You know what I mean? My wife's giving me a second look when I go down the hall and stuff like that. Dude, I'm really enjoying it. But um, one of the things that I want, he didn't ask me to do this. I just thought it would be helpful was to get a, a, a binder, like uh, those five ring binders. And I started writing down everything I ate, when I ate it, uh, protein shake at this time, lunch at this time. This is exactly what I had, you know, and not only in health and fitness, but like in family connection time and in my finances and all this stuff, bro. And I did that for three days. And I was like, dude, this is too much, bro. Like I'm too busy to like keep track of all of this. But I totally get it how we can overwhelm ourselves by trying to like just take it way over the top. You know what I mean? You have to like consider where you're at in life, you know. And here's the thing. Literally, if you if you think about it, there's probably like three to five things that you got to do every day. You know, right. if you own your own business, you got to show up and probably make sales calls and right. to increase whatever. If you're if you're working, you got to show up on time, put your eight, 10, 12, 14 hours and be focused on that and, you know, do whatever it takes to get that done. You probably got some, some family stuff that you got to do. And then you got to, you got to put a little bit of time in for yourself. So yeah. I think we overcomplicate it. And I think this whole guru generation thing that we've been in for the last couple of years, yeah they use the marketing, the strategies, Hey, I have a 27 point system to simplify your life. But honestly, it just ends up complicating your life at the end of the day, figure out what you want to do and just, you know, make sure that you allow time for that at the end of the day and go with that. That's, that's, that's what I try to do. Yeah. It's not no. perfect for everybody, but it works for me at the end of the no, day. No, no, it's good, man. Sim simple is always better. No, this, this, this life coaching thing was good, bro, because it got me hyper-focused on things that I was just being lackadaisical about and I really enjoyed it and I picked up some really good principles in it, but I don't, as busy as I am, I don't want to overwhelm myself or overcomplicate it, man. So let me shift gears here if I could. We live in a world in business where it's dog eat dog. You know what I mean? Get all you can, can all you get, sit on the lid and poison the rest kind of mentality. What would you say for 
personal growth and development, for becoming the best version of yourself, for growing into like mature, responsible manhood and whatever hats that includes, father, husband, business owner, employee, health and fitness, all these different things. Where does integrity fit into that? Like having personal integrity. Oh, dude, 100%. You have to have that personal integrity, but it starts with yourself, right? If you're honest with yourself, then you're honest with everybody else around you. So it's yeah. just that relationship that you have with yourself, that relationship that you, that you, that you expect the best from yourself. And then if you're doing that, then there's no, you know, it kind of just all falls into play. If you're lying to yourself, cheating yourself, then you're going to end up lying to everybody and cheating everybody around you. But if right. you're honest with yourself and doing what you say to yourself, then you're just going to carry that through, I believe, throughout the rest of your relationships, whether it's business, personal, family, whatever it is. Yeah, I like it, bro. Some of these that I have on the notepad here are probably going to overlap. Like we're going to touch on things like more than once or whatever, but because you kind of got into it with confidence, but braving the unknown or being a risk taker for me last year um i started writing a book apex masculinity defeat self-sabotage reclaim true manhood and it was a it was a big deal bro working all these crazy hours and stuff like that but every morning i was disciplined i was focused i got down on the computer and did my microsoft word and sometimes it'd be just a paragraph a day or whatever but I pushed through that and then it was time to have it edited. And I had no idea what to do or how that process was going to go. Then it was time to find a cover designer and I had no idea how that was going to work out. And I actually ended up getting ripped off by the first person that I paid to do a cover design for me. I think, I think guys have dreams, goals, and ambitions, but they're afraid to take the risk because of what's unknown on the other side. What would you say to somebody that has an idea percolating within them to go to the next level? And it's like um, the universe, you know, their, their, their inner self, whatever is telling them, this is your next step, but there's that fear of the unknown and the fear of the risk of failure. What would you say to somebody in that situation? Dude, for me, the biggest thing is, there's the fear that you have now of the unknown, but there's also what's worse than that fear now is being 65, seven years old and having the regret of like, Hey, I could have done that. I should have done that. Right. You know, what if that was the one thing I, I believe that I believe going in on yourself and your dreams, no matter what, just freaking do it. Like that fear that starting something that I have no idea about is exciting for me. So I'm probably like, I'm messed up in the brain <laughs> compared to All most right. people, but, but I love that shit. I love like, Hey, let's just figure it out and keep moving forward. I would rather have the, the fear and the experience of not knowing something and discovering something new and maybe finding something that I'm really good at yeah. than having that self-regret, you know, in 10, 20, 30 years from now saying that, man, I wish I did that. That would kill me more than the fear in the present moment. Yeah, I've tried to do several things in my past that were dreams for me at one point, and some of them failed. Epic, bro, like epic face plant stuff, you know, and I think that's what people are afraid of because of image, how they're going to be seen. You know what I mean? But, but there's no failure. Like you learn from that. The right. shit that you did when even when you fucked up, like that's stuff that you did, but you learn from that. Now yeah. for your next thing that you're going to do, you know that like, hey, I shouldn't do that. And 
whatever you do and whenever you do fail, there's a, there's a saying in, in tech, like, Hey, fail fast, right. And in, in the yeah. software and the tech space fail fast and keep moving, whatever you did do, and it didn't work. You just know that whatever you're going to try next, your, the distance between your start and wherever you want to go is now shortened. So you can do whatever you're going to do faster because you have more experience. Yeah. I mean, look at Thomas Edison. It took him like 10,997 times to do the light, to figure out the light bulb. And there was a reporter that asked him and that said, you know, was, was watching him and he, he did a light bulb and it blew up or it went out and he goes, Hey, you know, how, how many times have you tried so far? And he goes, well, this is 10,900 and whatever times. When are you going to stop? Well, I'm not going to stop until I find a way because I know that there will be a thing. So as long as you believe in yourself, whether, you know, that one experience that you messed up in or whatever, like just keep believing in yourself, what you, you're always adjusting, you're always improving, there's pivots. So don't let one failure define the rest of your life or the rest of your future. That's my biggest thing. You know? I like it, bro. I like it. So I'm going to go first on this next one. That way, that way you don't think I'm trying to, and I know you don't, but like trying to pin you down on something, but self-limiting beliefs. Oh, huge. For, go me, for me, it all goes back to how I was raised and feeling like I don't deserve to live a successful life. And I had no idea how powerful that mindset that's, tucked way back there that we don't even know is there will jump up and fight our ability to make good choices take risks you know and 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 fight every day to be successful that's mine what would you say is a self-limiting belief that you either recently struggled with are struggling with and then how would you what would you tell someone that's struggling with self-limiting beliefs on how to get past it so i uh I dealt with this tremendously over the last year and a half. And I, I ran across this concept. It's called reparenting. So the way we were raised, right? The way we were raised from our parents, grandparents, it's kind of like a, a long chain. Everything that your parents taught you was taught to them by somebody else. So there's a long chain if you're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Some things that your parents taught you, no matter where you came from, are good. Some of them are bad. It's up to you as you're growing to break the chain in the things that you, like if you make a conscious decision and, or realization, say, hey, my parents did this to me. I don't want to do this to anybody else. You break that chain. And once you break that chain, now for the generations moving forward, they're mm -hmm. not going to deal with that anymore. So you have to make that conscious decision of like, hey, these are things that I was taught that I don't like let me go ahead and change for myself. And then everybody else moving forward, will see that change. For me personally, I love my parents. My parents did absolutely everything they could to provide for us. You know, they came to a country that had no idea how it worked, came over here with the, the shirts off their back. And um, one of the biggest things that they, that they had, even though they loved us, was a very limiting belief around money. Like they'd always okay. be like, hey, we can't afford this. This is too much. Like... Mm -hmm. Um, I, they bought me a Nintendo 64 and I was the happiest kid in the world. I think I was like seven or eight, but they bought me one game and I played one game on it for like five <laughs> years. They're like, you know, I'm like, shit, I beat this thing 57 times. What, what else am I going to do? But that was their thing. And it took me a long time to get to the point where like, Hey, 
money is okay. It's okay to spend money, right? It's okay to blow money. So I went through a phase where maybe foolishly, I would just blow money and just do stupid shit with my money when I first started making a decent amount. And um, that was one of the things that was one of the big limiting beliefs on myself. I always thought like, oh, we can't afford this. We can't afford this. We can't afford this. And then I took that into my adulthood. And it took me a long time to realize, hey, you can afford anything. You just got to go make more money. It's not right. the, the saving the money. It's the go make more money and go freaking spend the five bucks at Starbucks every day. If that makes you happy, I'm not saying you have to, but if that makes you happy, go fucking do it because that yeah. five bucks isn't going to change your life. So with the reparenting strategy, is positive self-talk a part of that? Totally, dude. The, the self the self-talk that you have with yourself is the most important freaking talk in the world. You know, mm -hmm. you got to catch yourself. I do it all the time too. Like I'll say, I'll be having a negative conversation with myself, but I've gotten to the point where I catch it okay. and catching it and saying, Hey, I won't allow myself to talk like this about something. That's the most important thing. I think everybody, no matter who you are, um, gets negative with themselves at time, yeah. but you have to just be able get to the point where you catch it and just change that conversation in your head. Because you know, the conversation you have in your head is the most important conversation on the planet. So right. if you're telling yourself you're a dumbass, you're, you fucked up, then you're going to feel that way. So it's a yeah. very important conversation. Yeah. You're basically rewiring your brain, so to speak. I was having this conversation with my wife yesterday because, um, uh, we're God-fearing people. And like I tell people at work, like you wouldn't be able to tell that I've kind of been in a slump personally. I don't mind sharing that like on my podcast. I want to be as real and transparent as I can. But there was a time when we were like really hot and heavy with it. And then 2019 happened. And that was my epic like blowout year where like I just felt I tanked hard, bro. But it was also the year that started. It was the catalyst for writing the book and starting the podcast and going deep on how the neural pathways of the brain are developed to be you know, to have self-limiting beliefs and to self-sabotage and all that stuff. And in my process of learning all this, I find it comical because people on the far right of this idea um, will, well, let's start with the far left. The people on the far left are like, all right, positive self-talk. Uh, you got to find a quiet place in the morning and visualize like where you want to be with your success. Like basically like imagine in your mind, you know, your book on the shelf at Barnes and Nobles, you know, and, and you got to have like, you got you to carry yourself well throughout the day and be mindful of your thoughts because you're vibrating out into the ether and it's going to come back and all that. And I believe that stuff, right? So I didn't just put myself in the far left camp. I'm just saying, I believe there's something to all that. The people on the far right would be like, no, you know, there's, it's not vibration. It's not manifestation. It's, you're making it too esoteric and mystical. You know, all it really is, is like you decided what you wanted and got really focused. You know what I mean? And you just, wherever you focus, you put energy towards, and that's why good things happen or whatever. But um, this has been such a fun journey of like trying to sift through all of this stuff and find out what's really like way out there. You know what I mean? But for visualization, my life coach just a couple of weeks ago, was walking me through a process and it was to try to get me to understand that I choose my feelings in the moment. Cause I had had a bad day the day before. Like I still struggle with nightmares, bro. Like of banging dope and being in prison and all that stuff. 
And uh, it fucks my day up, bro, really bad the next day when I wake up like that, bro, because in the dreams I wake up and I'm like, I felt like I was back in prison because I was in a dream. And there's this feeling like I abandoned my family and, you know, I'm a, I'm a terrible person because I did all this stuff or whatever. So he was having me go through this exercise where he was making me visualize myself being on stage because I want to do public speaking on personal growth and development topics, right? And public speaking, I know was the next move for me, but there were these obstacles in the way that I had placed mentally there that seemed insurmountable like mountains, but in reality, they were not. And after the visualization of me visualizing myself on stage, seeing a crowd of people and talking about these personal growth and development topics, as soon as the visualization exercise was over, bro, it's like those mountains disappeared. I was able to call the library here, spent a hundred bucks, ordered the conference room for a night, uh, went on meetup, and uh, I can't remember the name of the other one, but it's like a place where you go and find events in your community and stuff like that. Eventbrite, that's what it was. And signed up an event for that. I said, I'm just going to push through this. If nobody comes, so be it. I'm taking the risk, right? And uh, it was my first public speaking event. And like 10 people showed up and we got Nerf guns. And every time I said, uh, all of us have dreams, goals, and ambitions, the audience got to light me up with Nerf gun darts and stuff like that. We made it interactive. It was fun. And I went over all these topics and stuff. But visualization seems to be a way to like make your mind believe that what it is you're after is achievable. Do you practice visualization? 100%, dude. Okay. 100%. I think it's the most powerful thing out there. Okay. Um, I've read Psycho Cybernetics, um, which is the other one. I think it's uh, making, making making a making dreams come true or make making a belief I'll, I'll figure out the name and then obviously think and grow rich where you know the whole thing was um visualization and having that burning desire i think it's the most important thing dude you have to have the work ethic to back it up you can't just dream your way into a million bucks but visualization is the most powerful thing you can do because no matter where you're at you could be at your lowest of the low but if you're picturing yourself and you're living in that future state that, you know, I'm not trying to get all woo woo mystical and stuff, but that vibration, like you feel it, you feel that energy. And sometimes that's all you need to pick you up out of that slump and keep moving forward. You know, yeah. it's a very powerful thing. I think yeah. it's, and it's under underrated and underused. Not enough people use the power of visualization at the end of the day. Yeah, no, it, 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 it was really mind blowing because like I said, those, like, I could not figure out how to do this. And the minute I started visualizing it, it was like all those mountains just dropped, bro. And then and the next month I was there doing what it was that had seemed so insurmountable was done. And it was in the bag, you know, funny you mentioned uh, Think and Grow Rich. There's a chapter in that book, just as a side note here, where the guy's talking about, um, uh, you may remember the, the exact name of the chapter, but the transference of sexual energy. Yep. And I would read that chapter, bro. And I wouldn't, I didn't get it, bro. Like I understood the principle, right? Like that there's a way to transfer sexual energy in sexual transmutation, I believe. transmutation. That's right. And those are kind of big words, you know, and you read the chapter and it's like, you're kind of picking it up, but you're not really getting it. And then I had, this just happened a couple of weeks ago, bro. Like all of these, uh, you know, how the algorithm catches what you pay attention to on your social media sites that you watch and stuff like that. And it starts giving you more of that. 
Well, like obviously I'm into personal growth and development. So I started getting these feeds on TikTok where these guys were talking about saving your junk, like not, okay. not engaging in sexual activity, saving yeah, the, no, the, the, the no fap, the, um, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like basically save your semen. Right. And like, it's going to give you clarity and focus and like determination and all this stuff. And I'm like, how is that even like, what is those, stuff, how do they even connect? You know, but I tried it. Right. So I'm obviously I'm married 15 years, you know, my wife and I uh, enjoy each other uh, in that arena whenever we decide we want to or whatever. But I told my wife, I said, you know what, I'm going to, let's just wait. I want to see if there's anything to this, bro. And, and by the end of one week, dude, one week, there was like, my shoulders were back. My head was up. There was this level of masculine confidence in me. That was probably my most profitable week at work in a long, long time. Uh, some things that I'm doing like with that I was doing with my life coaching and my brand building, like went like to the next level. And dude, I took my son to the restaurant. I don't even know how this worked, bro. But I took my son for breakfast to the restaurant. Dude, and all of these people were like staring at me, bro. Like chicks were like looking at me, like even older ladies, like in their forties, you know, were like, um, I'd, I'd look up and they were like, I, I, like I caught the same lady checking me out like three or four times, you know? And I'm like, there is something to this, bro. You begin to vibrate this like very attractive, masculine energy when you practice this thing. And I thought, you know what, that's really cool because I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing this from time to time, especially when I'm running up against a perceived barrier or roadblock in a certain area of success that I'm trying to, that I'm trying to tackle, you know, but yeah, I thought that, that makes was sense. Cool. Yeah. No, that, that was pretty cool. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. I, um, I think there's, you know, with everything, you just got to try everything and see if it works for you. There's nothing that's, that's black and white all across. Um, but Man, if it works for you, go for it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm the I'm the opposite way. I'm I'm a sex addict. I love women. I love just going out and and hey, uh, maybe I just inspired an experiment on your end. Bro. I'll try it out for a couple of days, right? Because that's all we're gonna make. No, no, it was maybe it's because I'm 43, right? And you know things aren't uh, we're not as energetic in that area as when your testosterone starts falling. Maybe it was easier for me than it would be for a guy in his 30s or whatever. But I just thought. Um, and the fact that it built discipline too, because I mean, as soon as my wife crawls in bed, bro, I'm, I'm laying next to a warm body. You know what I mean? And my wife is, oh, beautiful. Yeah. she's beautiful, bro. You know what I mean? So I'm like, uh, it just makes it really easy, you know, like, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to restrain myself. And in this area of this one area of restraint and discipline that I fought for, for just a week, it was just a week. It wasn't anything. But I think easy. if you go down, on another level, it goes into the discipline of you respecting yourself for setting that boundary. And then that you know that you did it gave you the confidence because you did something that you said that you were going to do to yourself as well. So I think the whole thing, the experience worked, I'm not knocking it. But it's yeah. one of those small wins that when you respect yourself, I think that just like gives you an extra boost on top of it as well. Sure. Yeah. And it translates into every other area of your life, the respect, the self respect, uh, the discipline that was earned in that moment for that one arena in sexuality is now transferable to how I manage my money, how I treat my wife, how I show up at work, all of that, because those things are not inclusive. Like, it's not like I built that self-discipline and restraint for just that area. Self-discipline and restraint was built, and now it can be used in all areas kind of a thing is how it felt, you know. 
one of my favorite things is, you know, we all go through, especially as entrepreneurs, we go through, there's days that I wake up and I'm like, holy fuck, what the hell am I doing? Like, what am I doing with my life, with my business and all that? And um, it's the small wins. Whenever I feel like shit, I'll go through my testimonials that clients over the last three, four years have given me. Like I've, I've got clients that are doing 200, $300,000 a year off the ads that we run for them. So whenever I feel like shit, I'll go watch that video testimonial and be like, holy shit, I transformed this guy's life. Like I'm yeah. doing something. So it's the small wins where they're, you have to have, Tony Robbins calls it stacking your wins, where he goes through and he says, hey, listen, whenever you feel like shit, make sure that you have a little video bank in the top of your mind that you can go through and have five things that you've done that you've like, it doesn't matter if it was a school report that you got an A on that made you feel like a rock star. Put that in your wins and in, in your little video bank. And whenever you feel like shit throughout the day or you're feeling low, go through and just replay those those wins because that'll give you just a bump in confidence and a, a bump in enthusiasm. So it's really important as humans to keep, everybody tells you when you fuck up. Everybody tells you when you're doing shit the wrong way. But mm -hmm. it's really important for you to reinforce yourself the positive things that you've done. And it, and it helps to have those wins from like your whole entire life. Did you ever win something as a kid or in your, you know, did you have a record breaking month or, or whatever? Take that, keep that energy and you can harness that and use it in a positive way indefinitely. It's not just a one-time thing. It's something that you can just capitalize on consistently, which is yeah. really powerful. I like that. I like that. So I'm, I'm struggling with an issue right now that I'm trying to get some balance on and I want to get your take on it. So gratitude is obviously part of the vibration as far as, because people that just are discontent all the damn time are, are people that they feel like they're not winning. And it would just make for a mind battle from day to day that seems draining for me to be discontent all the time. So I'm trying to be grateful for, I mean, I got a beautiful wife. I got great kids. I got an awesome job. I got an eighth grade education and I've been to prison twice with, and I had an eight year methamphetamines addiction with needles, but I do six figures in the oil and gas industry in North Dakota and it's taxing, but I'm grateful that I got to that place. So with that said, practicing gratitude for all of these things, but at the same time, having, if such a thing even exists, a healthy discontent for where I'm at because I want to achieve more for myself, right? And trying to find a balance between being grateful for what I have, but having a healthy discontentment that says, you've done a lot, you've achieved a lot, we are grateful, but we're not stopping here because there is so much more to achieve. What would you say to someone struggling with trying to be grateful and trying to have a, a sizable set of healthy discontentment that pushes them to keep going, like for the next level? Dude, so I don't think there's, for me personally, the way I look at life, I will never be happy with where I'm at. Like even I'll, I'll always want to improve like that self-improvement, whether it's the books that I'm reading or what I'm studying or you know, taking my business to the next level. So I think it's very important to always have something that you're striving for, never be content in the moment, like always have goals, no matter what it is, maybe in 10 years from now, you know, you've built a multi million dollar speaking brand, and 
you've you've made your wealth, but you still you're going to find a way to give back in the, in the community or to help people or, or to do something. So you'll always be moving towards a direction of growth, you always have to have a growth. Mm-hmm. But so that's, that's very okay, I believe to, to always want more, like we should never be content. For me, that would be miserable to be like, hey, listen, you know, I've got my, my, my house, my kids, and you know, I, I never want more than this. Some people are happy, but for me, that's not the way I'm wired. So wanting more is totally okay. But being content with what you're, which with you, what you have in the moment, that's a level of peacefulness. You have to be content with what you have, but not content to the point where, like, hey, I don't want to do anything else moving forward. Content where, like, I'm very grateful and blessed to have what I have now, but I know that I'm capable of so much more. So I'm not going to let that gratefulness make me not achieve the dreams that I know I'm capable of. It's, it's like one of those two things. You have to be grateful in order to achieve more, but you also have to know that no matter what, there's more that I could constantly improve upon. Like I'm not, I'm not the best version of myself uh, yet. I'm, and I'll never be like, I'll die and I'll still have stuff that I could do. There's a uh, Matthew McConaughey speech that I think you should, everybody should look up. He did a, uh, he did a thing where somebody asked him when he was like 20 and they said, Hey, listen, are you, uh, are you the best version of yourself? Are you happy with, with who you are? And he goes, no, no, I'm not, you know, in 10 years from now, I'll be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And he sees that guy again in 10 years and you know, he's 30 now. And he goes, Hey, are you happy? Are you the best version of yourself? Are you the best that you can be? He's like, no, no, I'm not. In 10 years from now I will. Be. And it's one of those things where you're never, you know, you're never going to be the best version of yourself that doesn't mean that you're not great and that you shouldn't be grateful for what you have. But I think it's one of these things as, as men that are looking to achieve something like you didn't write a book because you're content sitting on your couch for the rest of your life and, you know, drinking beer and watching reruns on TV sitcoms. You wrote a book because you want to make an impact. You want to change people's lives. You want to use your personal journey. And hopefully, you know, the shit that you went through, if one person reads it and says, hey, listen, I went through something similar. Or I read this and I'm not going to make these mistakes or, or whatever. If, if you change one person's life, then it's totally worth it. But you have this thing. The reason you're doing what you're doing is because you want, you're constantly growing. You're constantly expanding. You're constantly improving yourself. So it's totally okay to constantly want more. I, I think that's, that's fine, but it's also okay to appreciate and be grateful for what we have in the moment. Just not be content with it. Where like, Hey, I'm not going to do anything else to, to move right. forward. I like that, bro. That's good. At what point in your journey did you realize that toxic people were not helping you? Dude, that, that is one of the biggest, biggest freaking things I've cut 90% of the people out of my life. Like literally I went from having friends going out, partying all the time, just, you know, hanging out with, with a lot of people and always being hit up, you know, Hey, let's go out. I literally have about five people in my life that I talk to and two of them are my mom and my dad. I'm so fortunate to have them, but uh, I've got the best friends that I've had. I, I can count them on my hand and it's, you got to realize that the people that you're around are, you know, there, there's that saying of, you know, if you're hanging around five losers, you'll be the sixth loser. If you're yeah. hanging around five millionaires, you'll be the sixth millionaire. Dude, I think that is one of the truest things that that's ever been said. Mm-hmm. And I know it's tough sometimes. It's tough to to not hang out with people 
that we've gotten comfortable with that, that we feel okay with. But, but if somebody's toxic, I don't care if it's your mom, your dad, your spouse, your best friend, whatever it is, and they're not, they're not supporting you in your self growth, there's nothing wrong with cutting them out of your life. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't say hello to them and, and like never talk to them again. But I mean, if somebody's not good for your psyche, and you know that and you make that connection, you're just you're gonna sell yourself short by hanging out with them. So hanging out with toxic people is, is the first thing I think that needs to be addressed when when people get on that journey. Because if you're trying to do good, if you're trying to stay off drugs, if you're trying to stay away from drinking, if you're just trying to stay away from, from uh, doing shit, you know, just, just wasting time on Saturdays and Sundays drinking beer in the afternoon and showing up to, to work hungover on Monday, if you're hanging around with these people, you're never going to get out of that cycle. Sometimes you just have to go cold turkey and it sucks, but it's just part of life, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, man. I, I, I struggle with finding people to associate with that are at least on the same level of wanting to self-improve. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not a big thing, bro. It's not people, a lot of people aren't into it. You know what I mean? It's not, but thank <laughs> yeah. God for the online thing, you know? Like imagine if, if we were just living this thing where you had to find people in your neighborhood that thought this way, you'd probably yeah. find like one person in your community, right. but you could go online and build this network of people that have similar beliefs and have, you know, that are on the same journey, you know, seminars help tremendously going to conferences, uh, following the right people. I think it's one of those things where you just have to, you we're at that stage in society where, you know, the people that you live around are great. And maybe just my goal is to make as much money as possible to live next to the people that, you know, I are my role models now. So, so that's another thing, just like level up to the point till you get into, you live in the communities that, that, you know, people are thinking at a higher level. That's, that's yeah. my goal. That's the way I look at it. I, uh, I, I've, I've piqued the interest of a few of my fellow employees concerning this whole personal growth and development thing. There's been people that I've run into on my journey where I'm like, hey, bro, hey, dude, I don't know if you've heard of this podcast called Knowledge for Men with Andrew Farabee, but it was the first yeah. one that I found. Okay. And people would be telling me about, you know, struggling my marriage and struggling my finances. You know, I've got a porn addiction, like just these different things. And I'm like, hey, bro, hey, look, this is the first step. Like, these podcasts, just start listening to one of these a day and it's going to begin to shift, you know, and I've had a few people take me up on it. Right. But so many more people just deer in the headlights, blank stare podcast, personal growth and development, you know, there, and it's, uh, I, you know, like I said, we all have to have our own wake up call, our own wake up moment, or otherwise it's pointless, you know, uh, but it just, it's a pet peeve for me. I'm like, man, the knowledge is there. Like all you got to do is just listen to this a few times and it's going to wet your whistle and you're going to want more. You're going to want more of this process of becoming the best version of yourself, which kind of, this kind of leads into this next question here about mentorship and the impact that it has. So like for me, just going through a life coaching session that I did, it was like a 10 week um, transformation thing. We, we looked at my finances, my family, uh, my career, uh, my, you know, faith, fitness, friends, fun. It, it was, it, it was really good to kind of dissect and gave me this really like things that I'd never thought about for myself, you know, 
uh, it was good, but that was more of a hands-on one-on-one mentorship thing. But like you said, there's also uh, the, the online community, you know, podcasts, TED Talk videos, books, all of these different things. How important do you think it is for people to immerse themselves, whether it's, like I said, one-on-one mentorship or digital mentorship to feed their minds on this journey of becoming the best version of themselves? Dude, it's the most important thing. Like literally it's mentorship, books, uh, podcasts. You're just shortcutting your way to success. Like when you hire a mentor, you could have literally done the same thing the mentor did, uh, taught you in the next 10 to 15 years. You just shortcut that, that length and condensed it into 10 weeks. You know, you can eventually bang your head and figure out everything that you want to do, but you're paying the money. You're not paying the money for that one-on-one time. You're paying the money for the shortcut to success of like, Hey, listen, instead of learning this over the course of five years and making all the mistakes, I'm paying somebody. So they tell me what not to do and just give me the keys, give me the pathway of, of, of shortcutting it and moving forward. I think mentorship coaching programs, um, books, podcasts, all this is just the most important thing. It's it's also the community too. When you get in certain programs that you're around people that think the same, you know, I'm part of a couple of inner circles where we've got certain Facebooks on uh, Facebook groups on Facebook where we just, it's just so cool to go in there and be able to, to make friends with somebody that's on the exact same journey and on the same mindset, on the same goals that, that, that you have and to have that connection where you don't find it in real life. Like we were just saying a minute ago, you know, it's super important. It's as soon as you can invest in yourself because you'll never go wrong doing that. Yeah. I like it, man. Just a, as a kind of offshoot here, do you, are you familiar with Ryan Stuman? Yeah. I love that dude. Hardcore closer. He's yeah, a badass yeah. guy, man. Yeah. I, I got on that uh, sales talk with sales pros, Facebook page. And uh, um, me and that dude did time in the same prison. No shit. Yeah. Dude. Not at the same time. He was there two years before me. But okay. uh, I, when he shared his story, bro, like, like it's so similar, like, cause I was adopted. Like I grew up rough. Like I went to prison. I was a drug addict, all this stuff. And uh, you think that because you have this very mired past that, you know, you might get a little successful, but you're not going to ever be really successful. And, you know, and this guy pulled himself up and, uh, you know, built an amazing brand for himself, you know? Yeah. He's part of my, him and uh, obviously Tony Robbins, uh, Dean Grazios. I listened to him. Uh, those are kind of my guys, my go-to guys. But as we wind this down, Dorian, it's been awesome, dude. This is going to be one of the best, better episodes that we're going to put out on the podcast, man. But I'd like to know, like, uh, what are some up and coming things for you, like in your future that you're working on, like uh, things that you want to see materialize and manifest in the next few years? Um, for me personally, is just going down and, and constantly improving, becoming the best version of myself and growing my businesses. That's something that I've really just doubling down on and, and going into and building my personal brand. I think we're at a, at, at a stage right now where I think business is going to be totally disrupted over the next two to five years where you're looking at you're looking at like the, the Paul brothers, they were YouTubers, literally making videos, vlogs on YouTube. And, you know, Jake Paul fought Floyd and Mayweather, which may or may not be one of the greatest boxers of all time for $20 million, just because he had eyeballs, you know, the, the Kardashian uh, chick, um, Kendall Jenner, or Kylie Jenner, 
is a billionaire at 24 years old because she has 200 something million followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So we're at a stage right now where if you're able to get people's eyeballs and attention, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to have a PhD. It doesn't matter what your past is, but if you're able to get people's eyeballs and attention and build a personal brand, you can do anything that you want. I think that is the new currency. It's not crypto and NFTs and dollars and cash flow and all this. They're amazing. But if you have eyeballs, you'll be able to do anything you want in business and in life and, and inspire and influence people, which, which I think is the, the, the biggest, newest currency out there that that's what I'm going to spend time doubling down on, you know, and TikTok is just such a, we connected over TikTok. It's just such an amazing freaking platform right now. That. For me, for me, I'm, and I got to be honest, and I, I tell the guys on my podcast this: the 43 year old truck, white truck driver, like IT is not my thing at all, bro. Like I, I obviously, I started Apex Masculinity Podcast pushing two years ago, and obviously wrote the book and stuff like that. And then one day, I was somebody was telling me, man, you got to be on Instagram and LinkedIn and all these other places. And I'm like, man, I hate IT. I just hate it completely. But I know that that's a part of it, right? So I was on. Instagram and this this dude bro like a couple months after I started Apex Masculinity podcast he's he started Apex Masculinity Instagram and I'm like ah dude are you serious like so I went and I signed up Apex Masculinity I had to change the name to Apex Masculinity podcast because he's already got Apex Masculinity and I'm thinking man I got to go out and like sign up for all this stuff even though I don't know how to use any of this stuff yet uh just before someone else gets it, you know what I mean? So it's there, you know, but uh, the TikTok's fun. My wife and I make these videos where I'm trying to, I'm trying to shuck and jive on my diet and she catches me and she comes around the corner and just puts the boots to me, bro. You know what I mean? And there'll be these little hashtags at the bottom that says, you know, my cholesterol's too high. I can't have any cookies or whatever. And they've been fun. You know what I mean? But I know I need to level up in that area and that's going to be something up and coming for me that I got to work on. So give me two books. And I'm going to say, just because everybody listening may not be into digital marketing or marketing or entrepreneurship, they may be doing something completely different. So two non-marketing, non-digital marketing books that have had the greatest impact in your life. Um, I said this one earlier, Think and Grow Rich. My dad bought that for me when I was 12 years old, and I've literally read it every year for the last you know, 15, 20, 15, 17 years, mm -hmm. think and grow rich and 10 X rule by Grant Cardone. I think the 10 X rule just no matter what you are, it'll help your life and give you the, the bigger vision that you're, that, that we're all looking for. Cool. So. I'm going to check that one out for sure. So as we close, bro, how can people connect with you, man, if they want to see like more of what you're doing and what you're all about? Um, Dorian Serban, the Dorian Serban on TikTok, okay. uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that. So. You awesome. Too. Cool, man. Hey, bro, this has been badass, bro. I've been, I've, I, I, I've been, I've been positively impacted by it. I know the audience is too, man. So I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Cool, bro. Yeah. You willing to come back and do it again sometime in the future? Dude, totally, man. For okay. sure. Cool. Good deal. Are we, uh, what's up? Are we done? No, we're, we're still recording. I'm fixing it. I'm fixing to stop it now though. But, uh, yeah, I just okay. want to say, I appreciate you coming on, man. And we'll do it again soon. Dude, for sure. And uh, hey, on your TikTok, send, I'll send you over. Um, I've got a TikTok course. 
I'll send it over to you, bro. And go ahead and go through. It's like an hour and a half showing you how to like use call to actions and it gives you the hooks and all that stuff that you can use to, uh, to grow your channel and shit, bro. Perfect, bro. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Awesome. I'll get this, I'll get this uploaded today, man. And I'll reach out to you when, as soon as it posts and whatnot, man. Dude, I'm pumped. Cool. All right. Yeah. Talk to you soon, bro. Thanks again. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, just wanted to put a quick plug in for the book. Very happy to announce the release of Apex Masculinity, Defeat Self-Sabotage, Reclaim True Manhood. It's available at Amazon, available on Barnes and Nobles, anywhere books are sold. And I just wanted to go over what the topics include so you guys can get a well-rounded idea of what this book has to offer you. Topics include the awakening moment, that moment when we realize that the man that we've been up to this point is no longer serving us or the people that we claim to love and care for. Also, building self-awareness muscles, teaching us how to properly carry ourselves in a culture where masculinity is under constant assault. Also, understanding self-limiting belief systems and how to eradicate them once and for all. Understanding self-sabotage, what it is, where it started, and how to stop throwing that hand grenade into your lap over and over again. Helping you understand the real reasons why some of you use drugs, excessively drink, and binge watch pornography. Also, understanding how childhood trauma affects our ability to succeed in life. Listen, it's not your fault how it got started, but it is now your responsibility to take complete ownership of the man that you have become and begin the process of reforming yourself. Undertaking the necessary steps to rebuild a mired reputation, it's time to start regaining the trust and the respect that you deserve. Quite honestly, the trust and the respect that maybe the way you carried yourself in the past denied you. Also, understanding leadership and influence guys the world needs you now more than ever does the world need apex men more than you realize there's tips and tactics and strategies on building an epic marriage one overflowing with real connection passion and intimacy also building a parenting strategy that will develop and launch your children towards a greater success in life your kids need you to invest in them so that they can be head and shoulders above everyone else that's being launched into the world. Also understanding triggers for relapse and impulsive decision making and how to mitigate those triggers on the front side before we make toxic choices. Also how to build a living legacy, one that's worthy of respect and admiration. Also understanding the neural pathways of the brain, how they connect to the ether around us and understanding the law of attraction and how to use gratitude and courage to create limitless opportunities for success. Guys, this book is jam-packed with tons of helpful strategies, tips, and tactics on how to go from being the toxic, substandard man that we've been, and I say that with love and respect, to the epic apex man that exists inside each of us that's just waiting to come out. 
Guys, I'd love to get this book into your hands. Again, it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and anywhere books are sold.